0: Hello. Hey, Simon. <laughs> hey, Hello? Simon. It's Skylar. Hey, doing?
1: Simon.
0: Hello, Simon. What's up, Simon?
1: How are you doing? Hey. Hello. Simon. Hello, Simon. Hello, Simon. Hi. My name is Simon Brooks, and I am the host of Conversations with Storytellers, a podcast of wisdom, thoughts, and folk and fairy tales from our elders, a meeting with professional storytellers. I decided to travel around the country when I could to interview some of the elders in the community of traditional storytelling, people who, for their work, travel about telling myths and legends, folk and fairy tales. Each storyteller shares their thoughts on our profession and gems of wisdom and sometimes a story or two. I'm glad you're here. This episode will be a bit different from my usual. Claire Murphy is not an elder, but I kept hearing about Claire from people I respect and admire. Then I got to hear her tell on YouTube and was intrigued. Then I saw it again, this time with Kevin Kling, a man whose work is deep and brilliant. This is part two of the interview. Part one is only available to Patreons of mine and can be found online. The first episode talked about some of her work and her upbringing and how she started at college with a storytelling club and very soon became an international storyteller. Part two, we go deep, deep, deep into her work and her craft. Please enjoy Claire Murphy. Uh, this question might be, seem okay. a little like off the surface, but it's not. I'm asking at a much deeper level. Who do you tell stories for?
0: Tell me more about your question.
1: Well, who do you tell stories for?
0: You said there's a much deeper level, so explain your subject.
1: <laughs> I just want you to answer it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, but now that I know there's subtext, you're going to have to explain yourself.
1: No, because you're a deep storyteller. I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't be where you are today, traveling as much as you travel, without having the depth that you have to your stories, right? You I mean, think?
0: because don't you think lots of people travel and don't tell deep stories?
1: Well, no, I, so, all right, let me, let me backpedal a bit. The, the comment that I gave earlier about you, you've been doing this for like 14, 15 years or so. 14, yeah. Yeah. And there are people, you, you're at the level, I think, of storytelling that a lot of people are, who've been doing this for 30 years. I think, you know, you're, you're.
0: But you've only seen me tell one story, Simon Brooks. How no,
1: because I've, I've, I've talked to other people about you. I've, I've heard a lot of, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've got a lot of people in a lot of places who I know, and, and when they say, have you heard of Claire Murphy? It's like, no, tell me about her. And people tell me about her. And then somebody else says, have you heard of Claire Murphy? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, somebody else mentioned her to me the other day. Like, who is she? Tell me about her. And everything that I hear. And then just, you know, I mean, just watching you last night with, with Kevin. Right. I mean, that it, it came across as for me as like you obviously worked this out beforehand. So it wasn't it wasn't just us right now. We're not just winging it, you know, kind of. i got these questions I want to ask you. Mm. But um, th- there's a there's a depth to you and your work and also the stories that you tell. Right. I mean, look at the work that you do with Mr. Morden. Mm. Right. Well, I want to talk about that as well. So there's this there's this depth. There's this richness that you bring to storytelling that I've heard about mm. that tells me that, that there's 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 a lot more to you than just folk and fairy tales and myths and legends there's there's this there's this very articulate woman who goes very deep with her stories and so I want to know who do you tell
0: stories for I tell stories for It's a funny one isn't it because actually what I want to say is I tell stories for myself So when I was a kid stories were hugely important to me and I used to make make up stories and I used to make up these wonderful uh, imaginary games as I'm sure most people did and be utterly transported by story and then and by stories within the religion I was raised in and I just loved them, I loved what they could do and then I remember years later I was in an airport Stuck in an airport way before I became a storyteller. I was stuck in an airport with my boyfriend at the time. It's going to be hours and hours and hours. There was no furniture. We are sat on the floor. There was no food. You know, it was just one of those really yeah. crappy scenarios. Yeah. And I started telling a story about where we were going to go. I started describing this little cabin on a beach. And I started describing the water and the sand and what we were going to do. And when I finished, he said, how did you do that? I said, what are you talking about? He said, yeah, we were there. And I've had loads of experiences like that when I tell something and it seems to change the the landscape. It seems to rupture, open something. And I've had so many, so many, so many strange experiences where I just get this feeling like, I remember being in an old folks home in Mayo north of Galway and this story like, said, you know, you can't see me listeners, but I'm knock knocking, knocking. In. The story just like knocking at the back of my mind, knock, 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 knock. And I was like, shh, I don't tell you, go away. And the story was like, knock, 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 knock. And I was like, I really, and I was already three years in or two years in and I already knew better than to ignore when a story was doing this sort of weird behaviour, you know. So I was like, I don't usually tell you. You're not my story. You know, my friend tells you and you know I don't want to be rude here. Knock, 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 knock. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. So I tell this story and this guy's old fella comes up to me and he says, I've been waiting to hear that story for 50 years. And I just, I said, what do you mean? And he said, I heard that story when I was a kid. And it's the story of Lusmore. Do you know um, The Hunchback? ah, uh, you've come across it, the fairies, the hunchback, they take yes. it. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And, and inside of it, there's a rhyme. And I I remember, like, I changed the story, you know, made it very clear, like, but I kept the rhyme. And he said, only that you said the rhyme, it it it, it reminded me that this is the story I've been looking for for 50 years. Wow. I heard it when I was a little kid. So I was like, right, okay, I'm never going to ignore a story again, ever. <laughs> and so I tell I tell four the stories as well. Yeah. And then I also something else happens without getting too mystical, but it is quite mystical sometimes. I tell for I really tell not for but with with my audience because they give they give me the generosity of audience is unbelievable. It's not you know, when audiences come up and thank me at the end, I thank them back because that's not a fake humility thing, it's like Thanks so much because you just gave me all this energy and we were able to yeah. go this other place, you know.
1: And they've worked just as hard as you have to imagine the stories and be with the stories.
0: They're co creators. It's the only yeah. art form I've come across where it's active co creation. Yes, you and I are bringing the story, we're bringing the words, the rehearsal, the prep. Yes, 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 of course. However, that, uh, what did you call it? Riding the dragon. I don't call it that. I call it touching the light fantastic without them and you know they have so that guides me as well so I tell it for myself that's where my journey started and then for the world which is constantly informing me with the sacredness of the natural world and then for with but for is a strange word with the audience um yeah I mean it's a very long answer but yeah
1: yeah the story is so cool isn't it (laughs)
0: <laughs> well and that's the thing i mean i know it, that's
1: a naff thing to say but it really is no, There's something it, really magical about it really when you
0: is. spend time like we have when you spend years walking around with beowulf in your in your heart and in your yeah. back pocket it's you know it's so one thing i've noticed is you know when you think you're making a show uh-huh. and then you realize the show is making you yes And it's, and storytellers know what that means. It's like, you think you're working on something and then you find out later you were being worked on. Yeah. So you'd have to be mad to do this job. Well, that's my yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. So you've said that the things that you love most about storytelling, and I might be getting this wrong, is the performance high, which is awesome. (laughs) It's brilliant. Um, Seeing people get lost in the story and then seeing them come out of the trance that they are in. Those mm-hmm. are the three things that keep you going. Is that true? <laughs> Where did you, you hear that, on the...
0: Brooks? Where did you hear that? It was on the interview oh, that I listened to. So okay. I, pay, I
1: pay attention to stuff like this. <laughs> um, we can skip over that. We don't have to ask that. You know, I can if, if that's just not really.
0: I mean, it, I mean, it's not like there are just three things, you know, because yeah. right now we're not getting that performance high. That's true. Oh, not well, actually, in the same, no. not in the same way. What, what? Not in the same. Not the same way. Oh,
1: wait. No, I'm doing one of the, a Zoom meeting with with this group actually, and it's it's the first one I've had since March. <laughs> so I felt very honored and lucky. It was it was very bizarre because I came I came out of it thinking that felt you know it wasn't a high high. It wasn't like that elevated like. Whew, you know, that rush that you just, you know, it feels like you just run a marathon. Well, I mean, I've never yeah. run a marathon, so I shouldn't say that. Like I've ridden my bike for a very long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, there was this, this, this feeling, this euphoric mm. feeling, which I haven't really, I mean, I felt good at the end of shows that I've done online. Mm. And it's been, it, mm. it's been nice, but there was this euphoria mm. that I felt at the end of this particular show. And it was, you know, like I said, it's the first time since March. And, mm-hmm. and it was like, wow, that's really cool.
0: Mm. Yeah, we're, we're, we're connected to something. We're connected to the audience at, in storytelling. It's not just a high, like an adrenaline high. I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. But it's this, because with storytelling, there's, no, there's not necessarily a set script. So there's a certain amount of creativity in the performance as well as in the preparation. And then there's the reacting to the audience and what they give you to play with. And it's like, yeah, it's adrenaline, but it's also uh, this absolute rush of creativity. And it can feel like I'm much larger than myself. I'm bigger than mine. My, yeah. you know, my body's like dissolved a little bit by the end of it. It takes me a while to come down and come back in Yeah, after a really good show. Yeah.
1: Like a meditation almost.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's a sense of expansion. But also what you get in storytelling or what I've noticed Is this deep connection? It's deep connection to audience, it's deep connection to story, and deep connection to the creative force, and then deep connection to myself. So, so it is a kind of meditation, but an elevated or a performance. So, because it's performance, it's not totally internal. You have to be channeling your energy outward and Mm -hmm. also always receiving audience energy and never, never shutting them out or leaving them behind.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, otherwise, we're not doing our job properly.
0: Exactly.
1: So what's your process from, I need a story to folks, you're going to love this. What's mm. your process? How do you go from one to the other? And also what, what stories what stories speak to you when you go looking for a story? Are you looking for something in particular?
0: Sometimes, depends on the, the job. So mm. am I just reading for my own pleasure, going, I need new stories, you know, my repertoire is a bit tired. Felt like that started lockdown, still feeling like that that's that's the claire you know like my repertoire just comes along and goes okay we've been around for a while now we need some fresh energy so then i just start trying to pay attention to my bookshelf and sort of randomly picking out books and then just like reading and looking at titles and then reading some more and then waiting for that <laughs> feeling where the story goes, ha-ha. That that knocking again. The knocking on the the mind. Um, And then lately in the last seven years, I've been looking specifically to rupture the traditional inverted commas uh, repertoire of white male heterosexual stories because they're really, you know, popular. They've been done a lot. So I'm looking for the heroic feminine. I'm looking for uh, stories of, you know, LGBTQ love stories. I'm looking for identity stories. And and those are a different kind of search where I'll just go hunting online and I'll hunt in books and I'll reach out to other storytellers. And then sometimes it's just, I really want to get back into Irish myth and go dig up some stones that I haven't picked up yet. And look under them and, and and then go, right, well, is, you know, there's a whole other section to the Coo story that I really want to carry around in my body. And then there's all the women in Irish mythology, you know? So depending on the call, uh, I'm working on a new show. That's a really weird thing from start to finish that I still need to find more stories for. So the process is there's the digging and the hunting and the archeology span or the being hunted.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then there's the reading, the taking in the imbibing, that can take anything from a single reading to a year, depending on the story. Yeah, so yeah. myth just seems to you have gotta keep going back. It's like the, the well that never empties. Every time I reread, it's like what you're saying about the Ton, the ton Bokulia, the cukulin saga. Um so then it's the reading it and the taking it in, and then it's and then it's starting to it has to be converted right inside the body. So it gets clarified, you know. Mm-hmm. Just like yours, to get Brooksified, right? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I am the vessel through which this particular story is going to come if I speak it. So, you know, it's like so I walk around with it. I tell it. I'm, I'll tell it really casually you know, to my mom or to my friend or to my partner. I'll go, come here. I'm after finding this mad story about a brain. And then I'll tell it. But really like conversation. And then I'll just listen to it as I'm telling it and go, oh. And I might realize in that moment, I don't actually want to tell this. I just really like this story. Or I might go, oh, this needs a lot of work. This, this, it's really out of balance. Doesn't, you know. And then I'll write out the bones and so that I know the map of the story. And then if it needs to be done quite quickly, I'll take it for a big walk and start, you know, like mapping the landscape. Where does this story happen? What does each landscape in the story look like?
1: Oh, wow. Well, yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, it depends on the time I have. So I sometimes I don't have this luxury. Sometimes I just go, ah, oh, I need a story for Tuesday. Do, 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 read it, tell it, read it, tell it. Um, and then often telling it, if I can, to another storyteller, it's not always possible, but I've started setting that up and knocked down, reaching out to other storytellers and going, look, let's just talk story at each other, uh, which is really nice, you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then and then once you tell it, I don't know if you're the same, but once I tell it, I can I can hear everything that's wrong with it. Yes, after I've worked out a bridge, <laughs> I
1: usually record it when i when I'm practicing, and I'll listen back to it because it helps me remember the story, mm. but it also is like, oh my gosh, there's a that doesn't make any sense if you unless you don't know the story unless you know the story, and so I gotta add to that or
0: yeah. Or nice. she better be facing west in that moment, because if she if I face her east, the whole audience is gonna say, Why is she going east? Her home is east, she's supposed to be exiled. You're like, oh yes. <laughs> it's like there's these pivot points in stories, and if you get them wrong, you're gonna lose the audience, but you can't quite hear them when you're thinking about them. Yeah. And I think that's because we're working orally and hourly, and we're taking something that's often written, so you have to you have to dislocate it from the page. And yeah. then you have to re you have to recreate or newly create a landscape that makes sense, a- an imaginary landscape. I think In free head- it
1: from the page rather than dislocate it from the page. <laughs> yeah, because awesome. these well, stories when they they were dislocated when they were put on the page.
0: Well, that's very true, actually, and that's kind of part of the work because who who took the stories, who gathered right. them. Um, if we're looking at 18th or 19th century, then you're looking at generally white English and American men who went into other nations and peoples, mm-hmm. and there's a few issues there. Um, one many being issues. That, many, many issues. issues, but one being that they weren't probably weren't getting the right story. And then you have the whole thing that happens after that, which is this uh, making sacred of the written text. We have to keep this story the same as it was written down, and you're thinking. Right. This is some poor farmer out in Tipperary who got told he'd be paid loads of money for this story. And so he's trying to make the story more interesting. This, you know, English posh guy is writing it down. He can't understand what the farmer is saying. So he's improvised. You know what I mean? It's like there's all these things.
1: But then you look at Grimm, right? You look at the stories that are written in the very first edition of what was it? Uh, 1812. And then you look Mm -hmm. at the later versions. And it's like, hang on, is this really the same story?
0: <laughs> uh, see, I haven't looked at the 1812. What's different about them?
1: Well, it, it, there's a lot less. Uh, they become more literary stories in the later editions. They fluff them up a lot. Um, mm. one, of the, one of the big ones I always go back to is in Hansel and Gretel, in the original version, the mother is the mother. Um, the stepmother. And then she becomes a stepmother in the later edition.
0: Well, yes, and it's a folk tale. And right. it was a folk tale in 1812. And my understanding is the Grimms got a lot of their stories from their rich friends who sat in salons going, do you know what the poor people are saying? Only they did it with a posh German accent. Yes. So you know what the poor people are saying. Steady, um, steady. So, sorry. Um, so what I mean by that is you even have, you know, even with the collection from 1812, you always have a biased lens. Oh, yeah. And you know, like you're 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 equating it with you know the the starvation people would have been going through, but even then it was a slightly fantastical tale. Yeah. Even then it was a guiding map using archetypes and symbols as a way of of mapping our way through. So, but you also yeah. have
1: to take that lens into consideration, completely. Because uh, you know, because if you just like say, oh, the kids were starving, they took them out into the woods to die. I mean, that's like whoa, hang on, whoa, 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 whoa what's going on here? But if you preface that with You know, this is a very real thing.
0: Well, it depends because you might have to preface that in America, but I don't know if you'd have to preface that in Europe. So like when when I tell the change, when I told the changeling story for the first time in the States or a changeling story that I, you know, that I made from other changeling stories, Mm -hmm. I had to preface the fact that the midwife picked up the changeling and threw it in the fire. I had to, I actually didn't preface it. I followed it with a line saying, Obviously, that wasn't a real baby because we don't throw babies in the fire in Ireland. Because the audience was sitting there going, oh, because they were taking it literally. Yeah, yeah. So I think in America there can be because it doesn't come from uh, white America doesn't ha- doesn't have a the same t- relationship to folk and fairy and myth, which are three completely different yeah. genres. Mm. There's a tendency to go, "Is that true?" and so, so I think it depends on which country you're in. Hmm,
1: that's an interesting thought. I hadn't really looked at it that way before. But yeah, yeah, because you grew up in the landscape of folk and fairy tales, myths and legends. Yeah, and you know, it was it was very similar to me. Uh, for me as well, you know, we yeah. you know we used to go and see these standing stones and these giants' chairs in Shropshire, and and you know, this is this is real. This is the story that came out of. That piece of rock right there, you know, stiper Stones. If you go around it counterclockwise on a full moon, you know, you might become a great poet or you might lose your mind. Your choice. (laughs) That's the risk you got to take, Simon Brooks. Yeah, I know.
0: I know. You want to be a great poet? Risk your own sanity. Yes. Same for storytellers. But yeah, hundred (laughs) percent. Same in, same in my little village but I didn't think anything of it because that was what was there. Right. Right. And we,
1: yeah, it was just part yeah. of our nature. And I think, you know, I hear a lot of people raving about Liz's Saturday night thing, you know, and I was, oh, it's so good. And it's like, well, it's, it's just the night at the pub for them. Yeah. You know, but yeah, it's real. And that's, you know, when I watched it the other night, you know, I was like, oh my God, this is so real. I, oh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I Yeah,
0: never experienced it. it yeah. You know, like, uh, yeah, when people go to Ireland for the first time and they're, you know, one guy I know is like, oh, I just want to go to Ireland because I want to go into a pub that has like, you know, fellas singing. I was like, well, most pubs, to be fair, you yeah. know, it's not because our our cultures are not. It's that's just not unusual. Yeah, that's um, what we
1: do, right? It's what people do in Europe.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty standard in Ireland for you to come across somebody like holding court or singing a song, or someone rocks up with an instrument and joins in, and that's just. Not, I mean, it is in certain parts of America, but it's, there's a real disconnect, isn't there, from, you know, the white, the white uh, colonizers that came over because they were fleeing persecution or because whatever, a whole myriad of reasons, which is interesting in and of itself, making this tremendously dangerous journey with the promise of a new land, with the promise of, with the promise of, and then what did they leave behind? What? stories did they leave behind were they were they hiding from the culture they came from you know where so i think i always guess that although donald Davis said something different but around the rise of the personal story you know what you have the right to tell and what you're connected to and i think there's a rupture that happened for that for that generation that that headed over to the americas and lost that right. connection to the to the place you know
1: yeah well i mean also they were I mean, they weren't. A, they weren't coming from England. They were coming from Denmark, I believe. They were just stopping over in England, you know. Mm. So there's that. <laughs> um, and they were. I don't want to use the word fanatics, but they were very, very, very religious. And so some sto- of them,
0: some of them were criminals. Some of them were right. landowners buying a plantation. Some of them, like there wasn't just one group from. Denmark, we had like oh, such a right. mass exodus, right?
1: Yeah, and all the potato famine people, my grandpa, and my all
0: grandpa. of the coffin ships, and it's just, it's. I think to understand Americans, white America's relationship to story and myth and folktale and fairy tale, and they, they kind of, oh, that's so real. Liz's session is so real, and this kind of, it, it, it I think my interpretation, it comes from a yearning to belong to something old a yearning for something real and i think that rupture happened about 400 years ago and we're Mm -hmm. starting to address it now because you've got black lives matter and you've got you know america's out of balance because you can't just leave everything behind in one country go somewhere else and hope your past won't catch up to you because that's not how ancestral memory works yeah
1: Yeah, that's what we call baggage in therapy
0: I mean, 400 years of baggage and I hate you find <laughs> head.
1: So, tell me about Robert Deneau. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Desnos. Robert... Des... Oh, it is Desnos. Are you
0: serious? That's what I think, but I could, I could easily be getting that wrong.
1: Because right, he's French, so I thought it must be a Deneau,
0: Deneau it could be <laughs> Deneau, but my French is Terrible. <laughs> terrible.
1: So why did you pick him out of all of the people, all the French surrealist poets that were put in Auschwitz? Why did you pick him? I didn't. Oh, was that Daniel?
0: No, no. I I was given the story by Jessica Senehy at the at her Center for Peace and Reconciliation in Winnipeg. She was telling the story as this little little anecdote, this little uh, tiny little peace tale Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and that's that was just a story that i loved as a as a way to recognize what's possible as i've always been a firm believer that art and creativity gives us a way to resolve things that other things don't give us so when me and daniel were we we found out we're going to be at btb together it's a very organic process really btb Uh, Beyond the Border Storytelling Festival in Wales, sorry, um, in 2016 and we had been chatting on the phone about stories of hope and stories of resilience and poetry and how art is this incredible source and we found out we'd do a show together, not a show, but like an hour. We're going to share an hour. Oh, would you want to do something? You know the way it goes, like, mm-hmm, do you want yeah. to do something together? Or do you want to do like you do your 30 minutes, I'll do my 30 minutes? Oh, I know, let's do something together, maybe more fun. Oh, I was thinking about this one story from Palestine. Oh, that's interesting. I was thinking about this. And then I said, well, I've got this beautiful little story. It might It might work as some sort of frame. Or maybe it was Daniel who suggested frame. I don't know, because it was one of those really fast creative processes. And we went, oh, and then he said, what if? And I said, oh, what if? And then. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we ha- built the show. Wow. And performed the show at BT- at Beyond the Border in 2016. And it was one of those nights nice where something very, uh, very powerful happened for both of us. And it would seem for the 350 people in the audience.
1: And then you and, brought it over here too.
0: Yeah, well, Daniel went, do you, want, do, you want, do, you want, do you want to do that again? It looks like we've got something here. I was like, no, I think we should probably do that again. So we 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 played with the format. We made a longer version. We ended up both being at, I think it was at Timpanogos and we performed it there. And it, it's just been one of those accidental, creations. accidental, beautiful creations. But Desnos just, he, he represents something. To me, he's an archetype. It's this thing of, you know you see it over and over again you see it in world war ii stories but you see it you see it in so many places you know i think about the caves at lasso you know why
1: paintings are
0: yes you know why 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 would you take the time when you're busy trying to survive but if you look at every civilization and civilization is the wrong word because civilization just means to gather together in cities right we think it means to be evolved it doesn't mean that we look at every people this role that art plays this role that poetry plays and painting and carving and singing throat singing you know like all of these things are are ways are ways to access our connection to the to the greater force to the greater world and so it has the ability to give us resilience and to give to give us a bigger strength uh, to access to a bigger source of strength and to create community and belonging and all of these things And there's been so many times when, you know, when Zora Neale Hurston wrote her book, you know, when and then 100 years later, someone reads her words and draws strength from that. You know, when you've got there's so many examples throughout history when art has just been this place, this safe place inside someone's psyche or heart or inside a city or inside a gallery or inside a conversation. And it's a refuge and a place to draw strength from to gather for the next battle, because we've got this weird addiction to destroying ourselves and bad news and unkindness and cruelty and all that. And the stories have a way of showing us there's another way, there's another path, there's another possibility. Right. So...
1: That kind of circles back to what you were talking about at the airport with your bow at the time.
0: hmm Yeah. Do you want to go somewhere else? Yeah. Why don't we use our imagination rather? Why do we keep imagining our destruction? Have you ever noticed this? If you ever turn on whatever, whatever channel you watch, whether it's Netflix or I don't know, like I don't want to promote Netflix, but it's like whatever Uh your thing is, right? You've got Uh CBS, CNN, you've got all these places. Whatever
1: streaming service. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wherever you go. Yeah. Have you you noticed the rise of apocalypse stories?
1: Oh yeah. But I mean, that's, that's normal. I mean, it's, you know, we're in the it, middle of a pandemic, so what are we going to No, watch? no,
0: no, no, no. So yeah, you're right. We are, of course, but before the pandemic, all science fiction turned dystopian.
1: Yes, it did. And I um, think, it, it, so is, is, do you think that's the universe, if you want to call it that, God, whatever, um, warning us? Is that, is that the, the. the
0: no, I think app- it's lazy. I think it's lazy storytelling, Simon. Is that what you think? I think it's lazy storytelling. Just like the rise in forensic cop shows where everybody was dissecting bodies all the time. Oh, We've got another serial killer. Oh, we've got another dead body of a woman. Oh, look, it's a dead naked woman. I mean, that happened for like 20 years. We got utterly fascinated by that. Uh, (laughs) It's it's lazy storytelling because there are incredible stories being imagined Mm -hmm. that don't don't take the easy out what like it's so easy to say the world ends and everybody's a zombie walking around eating each other's brains and everyone has to kill everyone else in order to survive
1: like Alona holmes
0: enola holmes i haven't seen it yet oh it good (laughs) it's
1: it's light but it's 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 have you ever read the book the 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 story of the 100 year old man who climbed out through a window and disappeared all right so that is an incredibly easy read but it's deep, and it's funny, and it touches on so many different things. And Ilona, Ilona Holmes is a little bit like that, this, this movie. It's light, but the depth of character is brilliant. Mm-hmm. This plot is really good. And all the things that are going on within the movie, there's all sorts of, you know, it's kind of touching mm-hmm. on, on feminism in a big mm-hmm. way, in it, but it's also touching on like the male point of view and it's touching on radicalism and it's touching, mm. it's touching all these different things, but it's not, you know, it's not like uh, avatar. Um, you know, um, what's his name's avatar, not avatar, the last airbender. Cause I think that's brilliant too. Um, in Cameron's avatar. Yes. Cameron's avatar, which is kind of like, this is about environmentalism. <laughs> There's the big stick. Oh, by the way, in case you haven't got it yet, this is about environmentalism.
0: <laughs> it's also about the white band saving the non right, yes. white. Yeah. non-white vertical, as people.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's about colonialism, is what it's yeah. about, right? And yeah. you know, you know, that stick gets, you know, it's like stop. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. I got them. Stop. No. Yeah. And Alona Holmes isn't like that. It just makes you ponder a little bit, and it's, yeah. it's it's really great. And I think you know, that that's what that's what I think we should be doing. You know, as storytellers, we should be doing that. We shouldn't be hitting people over the head. We should let people make their own decisions up. But you know, open the Open the deck of cards up and say, hey, you know, this is this is our hand. How we how are we gonna play this hand? Right.
0: Yeah, I don't think we should be didactic. I don't think we should tell people what to think. But the other thing I want to say here is be careful what stories you expose yourself to. Because mm-hmm. toxic stories like Ben Oakry talks about, you know, six storytellers can make a nation sick if the predominant storytellers in Hollywood are white male between the ages of 20 and 35, then they're going to make stories about men with guns who go out and kill everybody and solve the situation through violence. And then we have a rise in shooter crime. Oh, what a surprise. So sick stories make a nation sick. And we think I'm just going to sit down and be entertained, but I'm going to watch a story about a serial rapist. Really? That's entertainment. So (laughs) I, so as well as what we make, right. If you sit down every night and watch apocalyptic stories about, humanity being disgusting and horrible to each other then that's the story that you're imbibing you're choosing to go on that journey every time and it's really out of balance and harley bill harley said something brilliant he said if you watch trailers of films and this he said this a year or two ago if you watch trailers of films just of the last year you see a species at war with itself." So look for the Enola homes, look for these clever, insightful, it doesn't mean that they're, it doesn't, why do we think that violence is edgy? Therefore it's interesting. It's not, it's an easy choice to make. It's easy to destroy things. It's much harder to create things. Go for the creative storytellers. Look at what Ava DuVernay is doing with her, uh, her company called Array. And she's, she's getting filmmakers out there who are, you know, who are making other kinds of stories. So we, I think we need to stop being lazy storytellers when it comes to being filmmakers as storytellers on stage. I think a lot of us are making those choices to tell the lesser known stories, the quieter stories the you know, the inventive Enola Holmes style stories. But I think as as listeners, I'm just saying that to your listeners, I guess, because I got really sick on all those films and TV series. And I just had to stop watching them for a while because it was just like, this isn't, this isn't serving me. This is bad medicine.
1: I know I tried to you know when when the pandemic started and it was like oh it's 2020 it's different rules now we decided to watch the marvel movies in sequence which was fun um and then we did the star wars movies and yeah. and I, I was kind of like how about chitty chitty bang bang now <laughs> you know and yeah. what what about you know rebel without a cause or yeah you know, one of Tennessee Williams movies you know what, yeah. what about something like that and everyone's like no no that's I'm white we can't watch that, and it's like okay whatever, yeah, but yeah it's it's uh I mean it was fun to do that in all honesty, I love doing it, but it, it, there's you need to balance it, you need to you know you can't just watch all that kind of stuff,
0: no, really we gotta need- look look the only thing we own is our inner realm, that's it. Yeah, our body and our inner world and you know advertisers and apps and you know social medias they all want access to your inner realm and so however much of that we surrender then then we've given we've given that away and that's our health that's our well-being so just look after your inner world you know yeah. careful what you take in
1: so bill harley he's come up twice now
0: then mm.
1: kevin Kling keeps popping up as well so sure I want to add, I, I want to throw the third person in the pot.
0: Please do. W. Thomason.
1: Yes. Indeed. So tell me about your little cohort.
0: <laughs> My little cohort have you heard? Tell me the, tell me the skinning. What's the word on the street? Well,
1: I've heard that there are these four storytellers that got together. They met somewhere at like a festival. They're just hanging out and chit-chatting and stuff. And they thought, yeah. well, we're getting on pretty well together. We're just talking about the same kind of things. And mm. maybe we could get together on a, regular basis that's what I heard anyway I don't know if that's true or not
0: who told you
1: Ah, no, this Irish chick that wears glasses wears I suspenders think. or braces a
0: lot yeah what I tell you yeah no I was very lucky I o- I've always been looking for company on the road and I got into deep conversations with each of them uh, at some point around 2010 2011 and it's like this is so good like the way their brains work, the things they're thinking about, the stories they're telling, the questions they're asking themselves, the rigor, their total dedication, like they're just as mad as I am. You know, they're just, <laughs> and it's just so important. It's like it's when you invited me to come on here and talk, it's like it's such a pleasure. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's so lonely being on the path. It's brilliant, but it's, it's really lonely. It was yeah. when you've only really got your books. You know, I I hang out with a lot of dead artists, and I'm I'm really glad. No, I, I do like I love I love you know I love Rooney and I love Rilke and I love Mary Oliver and you know I've got a lot of time for the dead. I really do, but they're not great at the old back and forth. It's kind of like you said the thing, and then the thing is stuck. But with Bill and Kevin and Dovey, it's like it's just good company on the road. You know, so. Yeah, we've made some work together. We've we've been each other's ears and eyes and and honest opinions and doubts. You know, we're able yeah. to share those things and we're looking at making a, an online something with the four of us because it doesn't require me to travel seven thousand miles. So we're looking at that. It's it's a huge pleasure to have people to share the road with that. They're not the same as me. They're, no, they're, they're very different. different. We're all different from each
1: other. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I like about, you know, when I heard about this group of yours, you've got Kevin Kling, who does deep personal stories. Mm -hmm. Then you got Bill Harley, who does really good all-round family entertainment, but can also go deep with stories, is very politically aware, is very much an activist. Yeah. And then Dovey Thompson, who's an indigenous American. Um, who knows her heritage and culture inside out, mm. and is a, is also an activist, I believe, um,
0: and is also a sci-fi nerd,
1: which you are. You're a and sci-fi has, nerd. Yeah,
0: yeah. And she has a whole show. I mean, she she does incredible myth. She does incredible personal stories, and she's got her space cadet show, which is beautiful science. Really, sci- no, it's not sci-fi. It's science and story and myth which is just like so tasty so yeah her sci-fi shows or her science show is amazing space cadet now, um, did
1: that, that inspire you to do universe or did or, or was that just something that you ha- happened to do and then you met Dovey and thought oh oh wow.
0: no no i know i met over years before i did universe i would have seen space cadet probably just maybe just the very early days when i was considering universe um considering if i should like it was such an interesting process but Dovey was hugely supportive of universe as a as a concept because it was quite a risk for me to say can i take science and myth can because i really want to do that and can i mash them together i don't know if i can they're very different energies and Dobby's like yeah you definitely can <laughs> so so yeah, we share a, a huge love of science. Of but the four of us are very different. And I think that's part of the joy of it is that we're not trying to be like each other, but we are we are each we are big fans of each other's work as well, but we're rigorous. So it's it's a gorgeous combination. So yeah, if anyone out there wants the old the four of us to rock on up, just uh, watch this space or get in touch. Yeah.
1: So I'm I'm in a cohort as well. And Go we, on. We, we yes. So there's mm. there's me, Jeff Doyle, Ingrid Nixon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and um, Ann Rutherford and Norm Brecky, who's Anne's husband, and right. Sheila Arnold and Paul Strickland, who is freaking awesome, and me. And I don't think I left anybody else. It's eight of us. Wow. And the idea was that we would get together once a year and, and work on stories together right. and, right. you know, do a big job. And then COVID hit, and so we started phoning each other. We'd, you know, do a Zoom and you know check in with each other, and then we're yeah. like, well, we're working on all these new stories together, why don't we perform them you know, and we have done three concerts so far, and we're coming up on our fourth <laughs> over the summer, so yeah, I think how I think you feel? guys should totally do something like that what sorry how
0: Pardon? does it feel?
1: It feels good I mean you know during this whole coronavirus time, it's been absolutely phenomenal because we've all gone through, you know, like you said, we've all gone through these lows and highs and we've seemed to not been in a in a low peak or a high peak together. So we've been able to support each other really, really well. Yeah. And, you know, when it comes to work, it's like, well, what are you doing that's working and what's not working? And, you know, and so we've shared a lot of information with each yeah. other. We've and we've g'd each other up. Uh,
0: well it, it shortens the road, right? So like something yeah. that'll take me six months to figure out. If I have a really good chat with w a a really good chat with Kev or Bill. Right shortcuts my 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 understanding just comes through so much faster because they've got they've got that insight and i don't have to go through the whole six months
1: right right and you yeah, know watching paul you know work his timpanogos movies put put those together right um and then you know i'm like watching what he's doing and I'm like oh i think i could do that as well yes and then i go back to my software and i'm like now how do i do this yeah you know you're
0: stealing, I'm like, you're stealing and learning from each other
1: yeah 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 but there's a lot of cooperation you know like the other you know i bring my photography background that's what i went to art school and studied photography and so we're doing a spooktacular which is a really corny phrase but we've seemed to have picked it up and run with it um and so i was like just get we need some photos for the pr just put a light underneath yourself a little bit further away than your mm-hmm. arm and and down low by your knee and take some scary pictures and it's like oh is that how you make scary pictures like yeah (laughs) i know it's It's
0: it's like we don't have to do it all alone if somebody else yeah yeah i know know. and us storytellers are so are such solo creatures
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. and it's really nice having the, the the pairing up with with buddies it's great
0: yeah keeps keeps us from going completely crazy
1: it does your legacy is not you have said cds albums and the like But live performances, no proof of your existence, no, is it the impermanence of it? Mm. So, but that's, that's not just it, is it? There's more to, there's more to your legacy than that.
0: don't know. We'll find out when I die.
1: Thanks for being on my show. I
0: mean, if I'm lucky, I'll be doing this the rest of my life. Right, of- all right
1: so i gotta put i gotta pull you over on this one okay because you're you're over in ireland and yes you're touring all over the place yeah. when this isn't going on yeah um and yes you've been on some of the you know like you're um the count county clare what cape clare which cape I'll, i'm yeah which i'm cl- cape clear yeah. which i meant it's to your
0: storytelling festival which i meant to
1: visit and be part of and bought You know, bought into and then didn't watch any of it, which was, you know, just because I had so much stuff going on at the time, which peed me off no end. Um, But don't you think you should make recordings available for people who are like me and can't get their acts together to see these things so that we can actually hear you do your stuff? Um, Don't you think you're being really selfish, keeping yourself to live performance only?
0: Yes. so selfish why
1: should i why should you make cds yeah so that people like me can actually get to you know hear you do your thing yeah which isn't live but you know
0: yeah i mean look i'm not against cds per se Uh although i am because they go into landfill and they're kind of a waste um yeah but
1: all right, so most people are okay. downloading stuff these days anyway. So there's no landfill there. So let's take that out of the equation.
0: So, for today, yes. So, yes, I have more material I, I could release, including a recording of Universe when I did it at NASA. And I will definitely do that. And what your audience are not seeing is the face that you can't believe because I'm clearly lying. No, it's not that I don't want to... <laughs> It's that like you, I'm a, I'm a one, I'm a one human band. I'm my own producer, director, creator, negotiator, navigator, trip planner, tour booker. I do it all. Mm -hmm. And I haven't gotten around to uploading more content. It's on my list.
1: Okay. All right. I will answer.
0: I will. But it, it is incredible how much we all do, and also I live on uh, the you know I live on the European side of things. People don't buy content as much on this side of the water as they do in America.
1: Hmm. I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, you're you're very product based. Like people get mad at me at Timp and Nationals. They're like, "How come you only have a CD from 2011, Claire?" I'm like, "I'm really sorry," yes. um, but they won't sell over here. You know, not really. People don't really buy. Um content the same way and the numbers are smaller here Simon you remember how many people live here
1: yes I do <laughs> not very yeah. many
0: so I will I I, I'm, I I'm about... doing a website I'm do a website upgrade and your website's release.
1: gorgeous though
0: oh thanks I built that myself it, it needs it needs adjusting it needs updating and someday maybe someone listening to this podcast someday somebody is going to walk into my life and they're going to be they're not going to be a storyteller. They're going to be really good at producing and they're going to say, Claire, I'm going to produce you and I'm going to help with your website and your and your shows. I'm going to upload your content. I'm going to help protect your IP, all that stuff. They're going to do it. It'll be amazing. And until then, I'm going to do everything and keep everything up in the air. <laughs> uh, and I have so much more fun doing live shows that that's what I focus on. I have yeah. a live show this weekend.
1: This weekend. And you're going to be wearing rubber gloves and
0: my first live show since lockdown. I'm so excited and nervous and everybody's going to have masks on and everybody's going to be spaced out in the audience. So like, it's incredible, but I'm doing universe. I'm doing universe in, in, in the ancient technology center in Dorset, which is just one of the best venues in the world. Really? Built by children, held up by tree trunks. Oh my god! 250 people. It's like an ancient roundhouse fire in the middle. Only purpose built venue, purpose built for storytelling venue in the UK. I'm telling the Universe there this weekend, so
1: I will. Does, I does Eric Madden have a place up in in Wales?
0: He has. Oh, well, he might do. Yeah, I don't know if he has a venue. I haven't been up to his place. And I know in he life. has
1: like this retreat place.
0: Yeah, this is a this is venue only. This is like you couldn't okay. live in this place. This is you. You get down by the fire and you perform, and then you get out and it's freezing. <laughs> um, so I, I, I promise, Sign Simon it. Brooks and all your listeners, uh, one of these days I'm going to get story. my act together and upload some more content.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Excellent. I like to hear that. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners would too because there's a lot of, of us over here that have heard your name but haven't been able to see you.
0: Well, Rachel Ann Harding on her Story Story podcast, she's got some stories by me mm-hmm. on her podcast and I'm going to be sending her a few more. And then... I'm on the National Storytelling Festival this year. They've, That's you know, right. There's, there's some of that. I'm on the Cape Clear Storytelling Festival. Yeah, I'm going to open a Patreon page soon. It's all going to be happening. You'll a see.
1: Patreon page? Is that the same as a Patreon page?
0: There is. You just say <laughs> different. You remember, you live here. I oh, live in uh, England, by the way, not in Ireland. I'm I in know, you
1: live in Bristol. Bristol. Yeah. I know.
0: So, so, so actually,
1: yeah. if you swam up the river, yeah. you get to my hometown.
0: Which is? Worcester. Get you a know, Worcester. Can you just spell Worcester for the Americans, please?
1: W-O-R-C-E-S-T-E-R. Well, we have. There's a Worcester, Mass, and there's a Worcester. there's there's Worcester. Oh, they know, right? They not when With I people, got here. not in, Manche- not in uh, Massachusetts, people are like Worchester, Worcester, Worcester, sh- sh- Worcester Fire. R- 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 I know,
0: I know. It's so weird, <laughs> so weird.
1: And I took photos at the Liam Parent's factory where it was made. And I spoke to one of, this is a funny story. So I was talking to one of the guys at work there as we're doing all these pictures of the factory and, and the process and everything. I was like, so what's it like working here? He's like, it's pretty good. I like working here. He says, the problem is, is that like it, it doesn't, the smell of Worcestershire sauce doesn't just get on your clothes. It gets in your skin. And I was like, that's gotta be pretty bad. And he's like, yeah. He says, I've gone to a sauna to sweat stuff out. So I can go, I mean, this is like, this is back in the eighties. So I can go go out to a club and go dancing." And still, when I get dancing, I get sweaty. <laughs> I smell of Liam Perrin's Worcester sauce.
0: <laughs> it's like,
1: how hard is it to pick up a girl when you smell of Worcestershire sauce? I
0: really love Worcestershire sauce to go out with that guy. Like, can you imagine going to smell someone and you're like,
1: you yes. taste the Why like do you smell sauce? of anchovies?
0: <laughs> so wrong. So wrong.
1: It is wrong. Well, thank you so much for being my guest. I've taken up way more of your time than you ever planned to to give me, and I really appreciate it. Um, It was
0: my pleasure. Thank you for your very challenging and uh, difficult to answer questions. (laughs) I'll
1: give you easy ones next time. Thanks for being with us, Claire.
0: Thanks, Simon.
1: When I was editing this, I fell back into Britain. The same thing happened in part one. Claire is quite amazing. If you want to hear the first part, please consider becoming one of my patrons at www.patreon.com forward slash Simon Brooks. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, be sure to check out other episodes. And if you think I should interview a certain folk and fairy tale, myths and legends storyteller, send me an email. You can also find me on Facebook and on my website, simonbrooksstoryteller.com. And on Instagram, Simon M. Brooks. Diamond Scree? Yep, that's me, the English fella and storyteller. A shout-out to Chris Jed for creating and recording and letting me use this wonderful music for my podcast. His band is called Blackpool Mecca. Check it out. You can keep this podcast alive and support my craft by becoming one of my patrons. and paying anything from a dollar for an episode that you enjoyed to a regular monthly subscription. In return, you get extras, early release, and exclusive content of my work. Thanks to Becca Worthington for becoming one of my new patrons. Thanks to all of you for supporting my little podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Want your name mentioned? Join the little tribe. If you can't join these wonderful folks, then please help me out by doing something you can do. I would be very grateful if you were to leave a review on Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, wherever you find this episode. It won't take long, and it helps—not just me, but others—to find and enjoy this podcast. Thanks again for being here with me. I know that there are a lot of other places you could be, and I appreciate it. Until next time, be healthy, be happy, and share the stories you love. See ya. Simon out. It's
0: just, just a story. A story. <laughs> just a story.
1: Yeah. <laughs>